0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to the live Q&A of yours truly. Hope you guys and gals are doing exceptionally well. And for those who's new to my channel, for those who's kind of new, I want to let you know my name is Josh Wesley, also known as Coach Josh, where it's my goal to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use and to help you make sense of your life. So this channel is designed to help you with all advice and every part of your life and, and to help you um, uh, maximize your life. And so um want to welcome you all. For those who's watching me live, want to welcome you all. Let me know where you're watching from, what city, what state, what country, all that good stuff. And if you're watching this and you're like, man, I like this guy, make sure you subscribe, hit the bell, and hit post notifications so you can get all notifications because no man, no one knows down when I'm going to do a live Q&A. And for those who look at the video like, man, this guy does a lot of long videos, chances are, in the comment section below, there's timestamps. So make sure you look down, down below. All the times to these questions will be down there below. And for those who's listening on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify, or watching later on YouTube, I want to say thank you all so much for watching, for listening. I kind of honor that you guys will trust me, um, trust the God working through this vessel um, to be able to help you with your life. And um, I pray I do a great service for you today. So I'm going to go to the live chat and see who's all here. What's going on? The humble one, favorite one. What's going on? Vanessa says, hey, coach, how do I deal with narcissistic parents? Already. I'll get to the rest of y'all. But let me answer her question right now. Basically, you have to understand is that uh, you are created for a purpose. You are created exclusively for a purpose, meaning that that you no longer have to live your life based upon, let me turn my light down. You don't have to live your life based upon <clears throat> the actions or the approval of a parent. And so, my advice to you is to make sure that you understand how to uh, separate um, their opinion of you. From God's opinion of you, and because you got narcissistic people, uh, that that is that are people who are consumed to themselves. Uh, some parents are trying to live vicariously through their children. Um, they're using manipulative control to get what they want out of their kids, and that's unfair for you. But the best way, Vanessa, is to uh, uh, grow into an exclusive relationship with God, where you begin to create your own ecosystem between you and the divine. Tr- uh, the divine. Um, uh, and, and, and process who you are and live your life separately of their opinion. I want you to write down everything that they have done towards you or said towards you. And I want you to write down why does that have such a control over you? And then look at the scriptures and find out your own exclusive rights in the kingdom of God, your righteousness in Jesus, your uh, your your uh, uh, opportunity and purpose in him and process going forward. But also, especially if you're 18 or older, you don't owe them your presence. You love them, you, you care for them, but you don't owe them your presence. If they are not mature enough to manage your presence, then you don't have to see them. Now, now that doesn't mean you don't go see them for Christmas, don't mean you don't go check up on them or whatever. But 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 make sure every time you're in their presence, show them kindness, show them love, and create a thick skin with a thin heart. I said it in my last video: thick skin is very important. You got to be able to understand that some people say things to try to bring you down to their level of control and manipulate you for their own gain. But what you have to understand is is that you uh, uh god knew <clears throat> knows who your parents are and god is using the situation now so they possibly you can develop a message develop a ministry develop whatever a uh, 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 a strong character to be able to help others who deal with this so how do you deal with a narcissistic parent love them uh, uh be kind to them uh distance yourself respect yourself enough to know the distance that you need to have in between the two and and make sure you process uh uh god's opinions of you over what they may say about you and realize that only god can help them uh and what most people do of that type of nature they try to control and try to manipulate and and we live in a culture where people are more self-seeking the bible says in the last days people will be lovers of themselves so there's going to be more narcissistic individuals or individuals that adopt narcissistic behavior because people are just lovers of themselves. So I hope that helped. <clears throat> Excuse me. Enoch, what's going on? Jennifer, what's going on? Isabella, hey, hey, hey. Hope all is, well. all is well. Thank you. London in the building. Arizona in the building. Detroit, even from Oklahoma. Belinda B. Toronto in the building. North Carolina over here. North Carolina, stand up. We here in the building. Hey, coach. Uh-oh. Scroll up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hey, coach, how do you know if you had the Holy Spirit? Um, you know you have them by the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, uh, kindness, goodness, um, self-control and such. You know you have him based upon the character. Now, many people have him working in their lives and their fruit hasn't been born yet. Some people are in different stages of the Holy Spirit. Uh, what I mean by that, each and every one of us who have been drawn by the goodness of God to repentance have all been sealed by the Spirit. But but each and every one of us are not a deep in the sanctification process of the Holy Spirit in the fruit-bearing process. So first off, if you know for a fact that you have this 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 longing for God, this love for God, you're 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 intrigued by the man Jesus. The Bible says the Spirit of God will lead you into all truth. The Spirit of God will not speak of Himself, but will point you to Christ. And if you begin to feel like, man, I really want uh, um to serve God, and but you may be in a place of infancy or babe state where you're still in between the old nature and the new nature, and that's understandable. But what you have to understand is that the walk with God is progressive. So if you begin to feel yourself longing more for purpose, long longing more for the person of God, longing more for personal development, longing more for helping people, then you know that you have the Holy Spirit in your life. You cannot had him. Uh, um, you, the Holy Spirit just doesn't come in a person's life and then leave. Once you have been sealed by the Spirit, you have been sealed by the Spirit because salvation is not based upon the vantage point of us. It is based upon the vantage point of God and God is omniscient. God is omnipresent and God will not pursue someone that he knows will forsake him. So ultimately, 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 those who have been sealed by the spirit of God, God foreknow, foreknew that they will continue uh, and through his help, continue to be sons daughters of God. So you know for a fact that you have been sealed by the spirit when there's longing, when there's desire, when there's growth, and you begin to find yourself more loving in situations that you didn't have love for, more patient in situations that you didn't once have patience for, more kindness, more gentleness, more self-control. Those are the um, the marks of that you've been marked by. The spirit of God. So, how, hey, coach, how do you know if you had the Holy Spirit, you have him now? Um, for those who have been sealed by him. So, don't get caught up in the mindset of, oh, I had him at one point. See, that was the Old Testament when the spirit, when the Bible said the spirit of God came upon Samson, came upon David. <clears throat> now he lives in us now. And we have a greater opportunity. What Samson and David and all them did when the Spirit came upon them, we can do greater now because he's in us. So I hope that helps you understand that that the Holy Spirit is invested. He's He's in it to win it. And he's in it until the end of it. And and uh, stay encouraged. Elaine Collins says, hey, I tried to download the book, but I couldn't find it. I'm going to have to buy the paperback. You're talking about the World War Me book? Let me find that for you. Because I want to make sure you have your weaponry right now. Um, unless you do want, you can still get the paperback. I like paperback books. That's just me. Um, but let me get you this download right here so that you can have it because some, some of you all may need, um, the spiritual warfare resource right now. So scroll all the way down. I just posted a link for you to download my book, world war me, how to win the war within spiritual warfare. I talk about everything from, uh, all of the armor. I talk about what is spiritual warfare and also have scriptures in the back for you to be able to hide God's word in your heart that you might not sin against him and that you can also win the wars that are coming against you. Hope to help. Um, Hey, what's going on, Jaretta? Reaching high. What's going on? Favorite one says, is it possible that certain people are held to a higher standard than others? I feel like I am. Favorite one, you're talking to the choir. The Bible says, many are called, but few are chosen. When you understand that, that a lot of people are called to do certain things, but there are certain people that don't have no other uh, uh, way than to do what they're called to do. See, I'm a chosen one. Um, I know for a fact that since I was a baby boy, I couldn't get away with nothing. I remember when I went to the, uh, <clears throat> there's a grocery store in Charlotte called the Giant Penny back when I was growing up and it had the display of the three little pigs in uh cassette tape. See, that's how old I am. I'm dating myself. I was born in 85, so it was probably like in the 90s, early 90s. And I stole um uh uh the cassette tape, not cassette, v, uh, VH, what what's the thing's called. Uh, uh, whatever them things is. I put up under my shirt, got in the car. And before I got in the car, the tape fell out. Mom caught me. I remember one time I tried to steal a snicker bar. A snicker bar fell out my pocket, got caught. So I knew for a fact that I was chosen throughout my life. It didn't matter where I try to go. There was like, like a bowling lane, uh, bumpers that keep me going into making strikes. And, and, and I just knew I gave up. I relinquished my life over to God because I realized that I am chosen. So there are people who are like in the army. So we got to understand that in this walk with God, there are ranks, there is army. Um, you have people who are uh, the people who do high level um, 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 war those individuals are are chosen to do certain assignments, and their training is at the level of their calling. And so, if you feel that way, relinquish your life and know that God has chosen you. A chosen person is not greater than someone that's just called. It just means God has called you for a specific assignment that that you can't shake. See, I'm 34 years old, and my life has never been my own. I have been I have been chosen for a purpose for an assignment. And there was nothing I can get away with. There was nothing. And the fear of God was so deep in me because I was chosen. And so that is possible that there are people who are held, I wouldn't say to a higher standard because the standard is Jesus, um, but they're held to a higher calling held to a higher purpose, and God is not overly invested as if as if this son or daughter is better than his others, but he's invested in the assignment that they're called into. Like John the Baptist was probably more exclusive <clears throat> than some of Jesus' disciples. but it was people who had more exclusive assignments that God had to invest more uh, um, resources and tools to ensure that, that purpose comes out for a specific part of his kingdom. And so if that's you, um, count of an honor, but um, don't count it strange when w- warfare is different for you than others on count of strange when you have to be tested greater than others, and uh, I know in my life I ha- I have to go through tests. That's why my ministry hasn't popped off at levels that people would be like, "Well, Josh, man, I thought you'd be bigger than this." Now I got to go through a few more modules. I got to go through a few more tests because I'm an end times guy. I'm a guy that's going to have to be strong for people who's going to be wavering. I'm gonna have to be a pr- I have to go through those tests before I'm before I'm actually. Placed out there, and so that's what happens. And many people get upset with God, like, God, why is it taking long for me? You're chosen, you just got to go through more tests than others, you got to go through more training than others. But when it's called, you will be called for such a time that people's gonna be like, We're so glad, we're so glad that we have you around. And so <clears throat> that's life, my friend. And and um, don't I know it, you're gonna be tempted. To, to compare yourself to others. And why does he, why does she get married before me? Why did he get this before me? Why are they excelling? Nah, they're excelling because they're just called. There are certain people who are chosen and you have no, you have, you, your life is not yours. And God just says, you know what? I know, I know it's difficult, but promise you when you get in the proximity of your purpose, you're going to be like, I'm so glad I went through my trainings. So that's why And I've been in this thing 12 years and I still got a lot more training to go. Um, But when is my time? You'll know it's my time um, because I've been trained for it. And that's how it is for you. Hope to help, my friend. Isabella says, hey, coach, what does it mean? What does it mean? I'm so comfortable. My singing is that I might mostly reject any guy's pursuit. What if I might reject the one for me? It's going to be impossible for you to reject the one for you because you are in love with the one that pursued you see a woman's. And she understands that she's been pursued by God, there's no pressure um, because you are already in love with the one that pursues you. So when another man pursues you, that pursuit of that man will have a similar pursuit of God's pursuit of you. You see what I'm saying? Which would then give you a comfort knowing that this is of God. And a lot of ladies, it's very important that you understand that if you're waiting for the one God has for you, especially if he's a man, you're waiting for a leader. See, leaders are developed differently. Leaders are made differently. So so when you're waiting for a man of God, you may have to wait longer than some because that man is being made to lead you and to to be uh, um, the man that he needs to be for you. So uh, it's nothing wrong with being comfortable. I wouldn't even say comfortable in your singleness, be uh, um, uh, productive in your singleness. What I mean by that is don't get so caught up on, well, Maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe it will happen. Just embrace the fact that there are happenings in your life right now that God wants you to engage in, because if you engage the happenings, then when he makes it happen for the man that he has for you, then you will already be in flow. And so you're not going to reject the one God has for you, as long as you don't reject the flow of God in your life. What happens is when you reject the flow of God in your life and you start going and being redirected in your own in your own way and going whatever, then you're rejecting the will of God. And then now you're setting your life back a few months or so. As long as your heart continues to go with the, go with the flow of God and your heart continues to reverence God, you will not be in a position to reject the one God has for you. And it's important for you to embrace and in, engulf yourself in who God is. Is so that you will be able to see the similar residue on the man that God sends your way. And so if you know the presence of God, you'll know the peculiarity of the man that God brings your way and you won't have to worry about if you're going to miss it because if you are in the midst of God's presence, you won't miss the presence of God. If you're in the midst of his presence, you won't miss his presence. So hope to help. God bless you too, Lizzie Lewis, the humble one. What do you think about energy vampires? Great question. Let me see. Let me scroll back up so I can see it. There are energy consumers and you have to guard your energy at all costs because energy and time are a part of life. Uh, In order to have a great or to, uh, to have a great life. I'm talking about great love, great joy, great contentment, great patience, etc. You have to be a guarder of your energy. The enemy's ultimate objective is to surround you with people and things that takes your energy and takes your time. Because if he has your energy and your time, he has your purpose, he has your everything. And so I do I believe in the vampire state? I guess that's a metaphoric term for individuals like that, that drains, suck blood, suck life out of you. Um, but how to protect yourself is simple. First, you have to understand what uh, uh, where you, your energy source is from. Your ultimate energy source is from God. Therefore, you have to engage God daily, just like you charge your phone every day. You got to charge yourself every day. Um, you can't you can't get mad at a cell phone that you don't charge. You can't get mad if you don't do your due diligence to charge the phone to make sure there's charge for the day. And that's what's good. Some every day you got to do you got to connect yourself with God. Before I go to bed, I charge myself into Him. I keep my life free. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I keep my life free of things that's going to hinder the charge. Because if I'm charged and I stay recharged, I will now have surplus of energy. So number one, I know who your energy source is. Number two, you got to respect your energy. Those who don't respect their energy are people who are um who don't know their purpose. The more you know your purpose, the more you respect your energy. Because you know, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, that this energy is for a purpose. See, I guard my energy. Back in the day in ministry, I used to give my energy to everybody. But it's interesting as the older you get, the more you make your energy exclusive because now I have a wife. Now I have a family. I have responsibilities. So I just can't just freely give my energy out to the wrong people and I don't have energy for the right people. So number one, you got to know your energy source. Number two, you got to put some respect on your energy. And number three, you got to determine within priority who deserves premium energy. So number one, I know for a fact, God gets the first fruits of my energy. God, here am I what you need me to do? Because if I give my energy to him, he knows how to lead me through his spirit to delegate my energy to the right people. Number two, my wife gets the, should get the bulk of my energy. You see what I'm saying? As far as, because that's the next person, God, my wife, um, and then everybody else is delegated, determined by the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and you got to go with the flow of God, knowing where to get your energy, because sometimes God will lead you to give you to lead you to give energy to a person that you never thought. But he will, you know, is him because you're supernaturally led and you'll be supernaturally energized for that moment where you don't lose it. Hope that helped. So it's important for you. To know who your energy source is, to respect your energy, and to flow with the energy of the Holy Spirit who will uh, uh, delegate your energy accordingly, precisely, without loss. But that takes maturity because most people have zeal but no wisdom. You have to grow in wisdom so that wisdom can be the fence that guards your zeal. And the Holy Spirit, based upon your allowance Him to lead you, lead you. You would then know how to delegate your energies to the right place and without burnout and suffering loss. Hope to help. <clears throat> Excuse me, man. Great questions, y'all. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, okay. Lizbeth Maria says, How to deal or help a teen, 19 years old, that is always in a rut? She doesn't want to push herself and better herself. No job, not in school, always in her room, talk to her boyfriend. Uh, first off, there's a root reason for everything in life. What you have to do is do your homework, my friend, and to really just look at her life and say, Okay, Holy Spirit, give me a great, a look into my friend's life, daughter's life, nephew's life, niece's life, whatever teenager's life. Because a teenager is going through so much change, so many changes, especially in this current climate of social media, current climate of comparisons and all those different things. So what I would do is I would just say, Holy Spirit, I would, I would take some time this week and say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to go to this private place with you. And I want you to show me this teenager of mine and give me a good glimpse. You probably already know the backstory. The Holy Spirit will take you down the back roads of the backstory of her life to show you what was the breach that opened the door for the demonic uh, um, spirit to come in to have some type of stronghold in her life right now. The Holy Spirit will show you it's because of her dad, it's because of her mom, it's because of this, it's because of that, it's because of, of of whatever. And then the Holy Spirit will then show you how to be that help in that area. Now, just off the gate, I could tell you right now that she's probably um, going through a, a, a process of understanding her value because right now her boyfriend is supreme value. The enemy is going to surround her with people that's going to suck her energy dry, determine her value, and then she will be exclusively looking for identity, looking for a purpose in another person <clears throat> that is not mature enough to be whatever. But if you never deal with the root issue then you will never see the symptoms removed. So what most people do is they try to treat the symptoms, get out the room, get off the phone, get off of that. And they think if I could just get them to do whatever, they should be all right. But if you never deal with the root reason that the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom on, then you will never get her attention. Because usually when I when I pick on different cues or clues on why a child or why a person's doing a certain thing, then when I hit them with that, with that rhythm and systematic understanding of why they are where they are, I got their attention. Once, I got their attention, then I'll make them feel loved, make them feel like they belong, make them feel like they understand. And then understanding will get you, at least get you their ear. And once you have the ear, you may be able to rechannel their hope back into God. But if you don't give that child understanding, if you don't give that child love and patience, this this is what you have to understand. These three B's uh, belong, belief and behavior. If you want to see her behaviors change, you got to make her feel like she belongs. which means you got to get you got to humble yourself and find out what makes her beat. What makes her feel beautiful? What makes her feel uh, bountiful? And, and go down to her level with compassion and understanding and that understanding, making her feel like she belongs. then she will, she will go to you or be around you and you can help shape her beliefs in herself. And once she feels like she belongs and her beliefs have been enlightened, then you will see her behaviors change. But if you try to change her behaviors before you make her feel like that she belongs, you will never be able to change her belief because the belief is the core. If you could change the way she thinks, you could change the way she goes about her day-to-day life. So that's what you got to do. Do your homework, allow the Holy Spirit to show you where you need to, to, to bend down to get her uh, to feel like that she belongs, that she's loved, because all these kids are looking for someone to understand. And right now, she feels like that that boyfriend understands her more than you, more than anyone. So you can't be mad and aggressive. And why don't you change? Why? You can't do that because that emotion, that, that, that she'll put a defense up. She'll put a wall in between you because she feels like all you care about is, is you care about her, but the emotion makes her feel like that you really don't care about her, but you care about the fruits that you want from her to benefit you selfishly. So what you do is just be nice, be kind, don't be don't be disrespected, but show her that you love her. Take her out. Say, hey man, let's go grab some coffee. Let's go do this. If you know she likes certain things, take her there and, and let her open up after you have gone to the spirit of God <clears throat> for him to open up the wisdom that you need to let you know how to lead in that situation. Hope to help. Reaching High says, how to discern if someone that pursues you is from God versus the devil? Will the person be persistent? uh, The devil is persistent as well. Uh, uh, What you have to understand is that you won't be able to know if the pursuit of a person in your life is pure if you're not in the presence of God, my friend. So how do you discern if the person's pursuit of you is from God? First off, they won't cause you to compromise God. A man that is pursuing you will not have you compromise God because if he's always in pursuit of the things of God and pursuing his kingdom and his righteousness and is in a state of consistency with God, he will never have you compromised because a man that compromises God will compromise you. A person not consistent with God will be inconsistent with you. So what you have to understand is he has to have greater conviction because he's supposed to be the leader that helps wash you with the word. He's Supposed to be at a place that he's able to turn down uh advances turn down anything that may cause him to be whatever and uh, help you to avoid weak areas where y'all both are weak so you know that that this pursuit is from God first off if let's go back first off if you're ready <clears throat> God will never send a man or or uh, open the door for you to be pursued or fellas lead you to pursue a woman if you're not prepared, if you're not whole. Now, how do you know you're whole? Number one, you are able to hold your own life. You're not going to be able to hold someone else's life if you don't have the strength to hold yours. You got to be able to be in a position, fellas, to be able to hold not only yourself, but be able to hold the responsibilities of a wife and potentially a child. So if you know for a fact that you're barely holding your own life up, you're not ready to pursue a woman. If you know for a fact, young lady, that you barely can hold your finances, you can barely hold your self-esteem, that you can barely hold your up, then God will never send somebody else because many people are looking for somebody to help hold them versus first being held by God. Two people coming together are supposed to hold the mission of a marriage, not to hold each other. God is the one that holds y'all up, giving y'all strength to hold up the values and principles and traits of a marriage. So many people are looking to be completed by people. So what they do is <clears throat> they have to do their life, Hoping that somebody comes to hold the other side of their life and now that person's overcompensated like a sprained knee When you sprain an ankle or sprained knee now all of a sudden the other leg is overcompensating for the need of this leg And now once this leg heals now this leg is extremely sore because it's overcompensated and that's what happens in relationships. You got people looking to be completed looking to be held up and then as that person holding you up You're hurting and now you're held up, but that other person is weak themselves So God would never Bring someone into your life if you can barely hold your own life up. Now, don't get me wrong. God is the one that holds you. God is the one that keeps you. We're talking about stewardship. Or if you can't steward your own time, if you can't steward your own money, if you can't steward your own mind, if you can't steward your own thoughts, if you can't steward your own emotions, if you can't steward your own energy, if you can't steward your own responsibilities, then then that person's pursuit is out of out of pocket and is not the pursuit of God. And so, um. How does someone that pursues you is from God versus the devil? The devil always have people come within your proximity when you're not prepared and false persuasions that make you feel like you're prepared. And when you know you know it's from the devil is when you want it more than God. Um, Precautionary uh, actions prove that you're okay with the presence of God. What I mean by that is I'll take precautions. Before I let you in my life, I'm going to examine you. I'm going to pray about you. I'm going to seek God about you. I'm not going to just give myself to you. I'm not going to give you my time because why give you, those who value their time, those who value their mind won't let nobody in their life. You see what I'm saying? Behind the gate of their life because they know for a fact, if I let you behind the gate of my life and I fall for you and and I get infatuated with you, now I'm losing time and I could be losing my mind. So, you know it's from God when you are a when you are in a position to hold your own self up and that gentleman who's pursuing you has the residue of God in you a God <clears throat> on them that resembles him see i know what's for me when it has the residue of God on it for me see i know it's from him because i know God enough to know that's from God you know what i'm saying like you know God's signature you know that 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 uh thing is from God because it has God's tracking number on it and so <clears throat> So, but, but, but what I would do now is the fact that you're asking that question shows that, that you really want to know the will of God. And before you even allow a man to take you out, make sure you process every single thing with God before you give them your time and your mind. And and it, it, it could be a godly man pursuing, but just because he's godly doesn't mean he's God's fit for you. It's crazy how many people are dating somebody else's man, uh, dating somebody else's godly woman, uh, because every you still a godly person, but you just may be in an immature state. But you know it's from God when you're able to hold your own life. You know it's from God when it has the residue of God on it. You know it's from God when that person that's pursuing you will not cause you to compromise God because they are convicted or they they are committed to God. Hope to help. Great questions, y'all. Yeah, a man, no matter what, a man gonna be persistent. A man wants if a man wants what he wants, he's going to be persistent. But don't don't persistence is not necessarily uh, uh, an ultimate sign of the will of God. The devil is persistent. The Bible, the Bible says he roams around like a roaring lion, looking, seeking whom he may devour. The devil's persistent. Demons are persistent. But when that persistence is not coming with peace, then don't let that thing come into your life. Hope to help. Tamra says, hey, coach, how do you become unattached to someone you know isn't isn't God's sin? First, you got to uh, uh, examine your idolatry <clears throat> because idolatry creates false intimacies idolatry creates false intimacies. Now, what does that mean? When you idolize someone or something or the idea of something, then it creates a false level of infatuation that opens a door for false intimacy that calls you to be intertwined with it and it's emotionally, mentally, soulishly. So what most people do is the enemy knows that most people are not able to handle the emotional effects of emotional attachments. And emotional attachments comes from emotional uh, dependency. So when a person is emotionally uh, discontentment, so when a person is discontent with God and not content with where they are, the emotions rise over their logic. The emotions rise over their thoughts their, their um, ability to process. Then when those emotions reach a certain level, now that emotional look is looking for something to ease it, to, to 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 cause validation of. And then when they become emotionally attached to an individual, now they become uh, uh, intimacy occurs. Then all of a sudden now you're emotionally disappointed and you're emotionally all over the place, creating a soul tie, creating a mind uh, uh, tie, that's keeping you from being effective. So how do you untouch from someone that is not God sent? is to have some type of visual display that, that gives you constant a constant reminder of why that person was not God sent. Because the more your mind is able to look at a thing, to see the facts of a thing, then over time you'll begin to see your emotions becoming ease. And then first off, you gotta get to a place where you forgive yourself, forgive that person. Because forgiveness sometimes is the super glue that keeps you with things that shouldn't be around you. And it shouldn't even be in your mind anymore. And so what you have to do, you have to go all the way back to the conception, number one, to find your idol. Because when you find your idol, you'll find the reason why you're uh, emotionally intimate or emotionally intertwined with a person because of the insecurity that comes from uh, identity issues. Because when you you don't identify with God, you won't be content in God. And if you're not in content with God, then you will be looking to worship other gods. And so and when you go all the way back to the conceptual stage of why you even set yourself up to be in this place any, from the beginning and why you even got into this emotional state. If you never deal with the root issue, you'll find yourself emotionally attached to another person, cause you even deeply emotionally distraught and messed up and possibly be in a place where it takes you years to overcome. And many people, the reason why they're not um, emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually ready for another relationship of the one that God has for them is because they never take the time to deal with the emotionally rooted issues. So what you need to do? Is process what got me into this place in the first way, first place is it because of what my dad did. It's because of what happened to me when I was five. It was <clears throat> because of what happened to me at fourteen. Was it because of this incident? What was it? Have I forgave that person from that moment? Have I forgiven myself of what I may have contributed to that moment? What did I did I did I uh, forgive and repent from sins that opened the door for that? Because if you don't deal with that. Then you won't be able to process and overcome it by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. The Bible says we overcome by the blood, word of the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So when you when you look at what you've been through and don't see it as a test and overcome that, then you will never have a testimony to help build you strengtheningly to strengthen you spiritually to overcome the, the 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 mental effects or the mental reminders of it. So next phase is to write down why this person is not God's fit for you. Print it out, put it on paper, put it in your glove compartment, put it in your purse, put it in your wallet, fellas, put it in your put it everywhere that anytime you find yourself in a, a human state of memory an emotional uh uh rise from that memory. You can pull that out and say this is the reason why. Josh, this is the reason why this person wasn't for you. Josh, this is the reason why you are where you are. I do that all the time. I reflect. So when I find myself oh, I'm going through another test, then I got I look at my I get a sheet of paper, I rewrite it and I say this is why I'm here and that builds my confidence in God. So how do you become unattached to someone you know isn't from God? is to first realize what is my, where what have I idolized? What have I've yet to forgive and repent from? Why why does this person mean so much to me? And what are the reasons why this person like is not God's fit for me? And then you'll find, but then after that, you got to get productive in your purpose. It's something about being productive in your purpose that makes you forget about worthless people. Not worthlessness in the eyes of God, but they're of no worth to you. Hope to help. Cut this fan out. you're so welcome Vanessa you're so welcome all right India in the building thank you for watching I got time for maybe two more and I'm out hey coach what do you do when your best friend is constantly living in negativity and after you give them advice they leave you drained what you have to understand is that 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 you you can't be that kind of friend to them um Anytime you find yourself emotionally drained, you're giving your pearls to swine. The Bible says don't give your pearls to swine. I have a two-pearl limit with people. The first pearl I give because I'm like, well, maybe you never heard this advice before. Here you go. The second pearl is depending on the Holy Spirit. But I'll give you a second pearl of just in case you didn't quite understand what I said the first time. But if I see fruit that you're not listening, if I see fruit that you're not getting what I'm trying to say, there's no more pearls I have to give. Because the Bible says don't give your pearls to swine. Well, swine, what they'll do is step all over it. you giving them all this good advice. you giving them all your good time and you're drained at the end. Nah, man. So what you got to do is say, hey, distance your friendship. Don't redefine it, but just, uh, uh oh yeah, redefine your relationship or redefine your friendship. <clears throat> and 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 because at the end of the day, you're not you're supposed to be your best friend. See, God is your best friend, and you must be your best friend. Because if you're not your best friend, then people you create a title for as friend will 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 not be um uh will over will cause you to lose. Your energy, lose your time, and that person's not your real friend. Real friends listen to friends. Real friends uh, uh, don't drain friends. Real friends, you know what I'm saying? Now, don't get me wrong. There's going to be seasons where you got to be there for someone. But we're, but listen, But when it comes down to giving advice to people, trust me, from experience, I don't got time. And I don't care about hurting their feelings. I don't mind hurting people's feelings to keep my feelings legit. I don't care about hurting no girl's feelings to make sure my woman feel great. I don't care about hurting feelings. Because I used to care about people's feelings so much that I get all in my feels and then then I'm messed up and, and I don't have what I need for who I need it for. So what my advice to you is this. If they're constantly living in negativity, then you go to the island of positivity and you stay there. And just say, you know what, and be straight up with them. You know, hey, I'm here for you, but, man, listen, if you keep acting like this, man, I can't be around this. And if they get mad, they want not your friend. They may get mad at you for a period of time, but they don't come back and be like, you right, then that person ain't your real friend. Friend is a loose term. Um, but if you're constantly giving advice and not listening, stop giving that advice. What you do is, okay, i pray for you. Okay, okay, I feel you. Uh, I got to go. I got to go do this. And if they ask, well, you used to always be there for me, then you'd be like, look, girl, you ain't listening. Oh, boy, man, I have been getting, bro. Do you know, how many, you know how many pearls I gave you, bro? And you ain't did nothing with them pearls. Why I gonna use more pearls for? Get your mind together. Go to Jesus. One thing I learned about my life, and I learned about life, period, is that I ain't open twenty four seven. I cannot be open twenty four seven for everybody. I'm open twenty four seven for the people I'm open 24 twenty four seven for. Everybody else, Jesus is available right now. See, when I get tired, and I get from these videos, I see a lot of questions. I'm like, I want to get to them, but I can't. So what you have to understand, you gotta say, okay, I close at a certain time. Self care keeps you from being drained by people who 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 abuse care, okay. And so um, what I would do is <clears throat> is modify your connection with them. If they're always in negativity, you don't gotta always answer their phone call. Um, you answer their phone call when you want to answer their phone call. You meet up th- with them when you wanna meet up with them, you take care of you and then you look at whatever's left in you. Oh, I got some rest. Do I really want to give my Saturday afternoon to them? Do I really want to be on the phone with them for four hours for the fifth time this week? Then you'd be like, no. And if they get upset, they gotta learn how to wean off of you and go to Christ. And if they're not ready to go to Christ, they're not, they're, they're not gonna, they're not gonna do right by you. Hope to help. Good evening to you, Miss Pennon. Good evening to you. Who talks? What's up, family? To whom much is given, much required. That's it. That's what I realized in my life. Thank y'all so much for watching. We got 90 people here at, at the 10 o'clock hour, Eastern Standard Time, 11 o'clock hour. Make sure I hit the like button, man. And for those who want one-on-one coaching, man, I'm doing those as well. So go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. If you want one-on-one coaching, these, these Q&A videos are good. But if you need a little bit more time with me and you want me to talk with you, um, hit me up on my website, IamUnplugged.com. And I'll go to the custom coaching tab, find a coaching thing that's for you. Let me know your budget. Let me know what you're able to do uh, per hour or whatever. And then I'll modify coaching session for you, Lord willing. And um, that's it. Rosella says, hey, coach from Australia. Thank you for watching from the down under. Question. I'm spiritually training and practicing my relationship and practicing. My relationship was rich with the father. Then it died down slowly with trials. I try every day to be focused on God, but it's hard. Sorry, another question. If God have you has have you promised, but you took a detour, detour road, does his promises still stand? The more I seek the Father, the more I get hit with trials. I preserve, then become defeated. Great question. <clears throat> Let me look at both of them real quick. Hey, Coach, my sure a question. I'm spiritually training and practicing. My relationship was rich with the Father, Heavenly Father. Then it died down slowly with trials. I try every day to be focused on God. It's hard. Let's start there. All relationships are difficult. Um, if you think if you think all relations if you think relationships are relationships are easy, then you have a poor perspective of relationships. Um, relationships take work. Um, You're not going to always like the person that you're with. You're not going to always understand. But if you truly love, because love is not a feeling, love is logic. Love is more logical than emotional. But we have been taught that love is an emotional thing. No, love is logic. Love, it has a perspective. Love has a definition, meaning I'm in love with my wife because of greater reasons than feelings. If I always think that love is feelings, then I will always, what if if I have a bad day? What if I have bad feelings? And all of a sudden I start questioning the validity of the relationship. But when you know that love is logic, you put the work in because, number one, God confirmed it. Number two, I see the comparisons in regards to the purpose that we share for the common goal that God wants us to pursue. <clears throat> number three, I continuously see the confirming word of God in this relationship. So that's the reason. So when I don't feel like being a husband, when I don't feel like uh, whatever, whatever. I fall back on the truth. Love is logical. Love is true. So then that, that makes me work even harder for the relationship because I know that the relationship has been confirmed and is, and is valid. For me, right. So, what helps you when it comes to God is that there will be trainings that you go through, and 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 what you're going through is the birthing pains of pruning. You're going through pruning, and within pruning, you're going to have mixed emotions, mixed feelings. That's why you got to constantly stay and feed on God's word and be and be uh, um, um, focused on your spiritual disciplines daily or often. And what I mean by that is um, when I play basketball. I know I'm really good when I've been playing more often. You see what I'm saying? The more I play basketball, the more my moves are sharp, the more my jumper is wet, the more, the more uh, conditioned I am, which makes the play of the basket, make which makes my play in basketball more effective, more efficient, because the more I do it. If I, if I, if I don't, if I go without playing basketball for weeks, I can see it on the court. So the more I'm disciplined in my spiritual disciplines, praying, reading my words, sharpening my, sharpening my love walk, sharpening my patience, engaging in moments that are, that are trying me. Then, then, then I find myself more conditioned for my calling, proving things and I do them periodically, but don't do them consistently then when it's time for me to be tested, when I look at God and I'm like, oh, I'm not really effective. So your relationship with God has to be logical. It has to be uh, uh, gripped in facts, not feelings. And some people have such an emotional connection with God that the moment that God doesn't come through for them or the moment that they feel like things are not happening according to their idolatrous ideals, then all of a sudden they lose sight on the individual. And then I start becoming infatuated with idols and, and, and end up in idolatrous worship, right? So you're going to have peaks and valleys with God because you're understanding his personality. It becomes a little bit more steady when you begin to understand who he is, how he does things, and how he moves out here in these streets. You see what I'm saying? Then you will be able to understand, oh, so when I find myself here, the reason why God is quiet because I'm going through a test, and you'll begin to understand him best, and that will help you rest and it will help you understand, okay, I'm not losing my mind. I'm not losing God. I'm just going through a test or trial that's pruning me, making me even more effective, making me even more productive, bearing more fruit out of my life. As long as I stay in a vine, I don't have to worry about the ripeness of my fruit. But I know I will bear my fruit in a season and it will be beneficial. Now, let's keep going. My relationship was rich with the father, then it died down. Usually it dies down due to a lack of discipline and a lack of awareness, understanding of God's attributes. The more you know God, the more your fiber stays fervent because you understand who he is. Let's keep going. When you go through trials, the Bible says count it all, join me, go through various trials. See, there's various trials because you need various trials so that when you find yourself in various situations, you will be able to handle them accordingly. So trials are necessary for success. And the enemy's ultimate objective is to get you to look more at the trial than the teacher, because when you're going through a trial, as long as you look at the teacher, you're going to make it through because it's an open book test. Number one, and you have a tutor, you have the Holy Spirit. So, but if you try to engage the trial exclusively on your own and you don't know your tools and your and your resources like the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, then it's going to naturally die down because because you're looking at the trial from a poor perspective versus looking at the trial to make me better. You're looking at the trial as, I don't think I deserve this. Why am I going through this? No, you have to go through certain things if you want to be effective. When I play ball, I shoot up close first because if I get my elbow in, I get my my follow through in, then when it's time to shoot threes, when it's trying to do whatever, I can make my shots. So there's certain things, even with videos, I don't feel like doing, but I know if I do them, it become more efficient and effective for me on the back end and for everyone else. So There's going to be a lot of things in relationships and in life, period, that makes you, man, I hate going through this, but it's necessary to go through it, right? Now, let's look at the other part. I try every day to be focused on God. It is hard It is hard to focus on God in a godless world. So what you got to do, you got to remove the ungodly things around you and to create a life and a rhythm where where God is the most beautiful thing in your life. And and you love spending time with him, right? Now, let's keep on to the second part. Sorry, another question. If you got have if God has promised you, but you took a detour road, if God has a promise for you, but you took a detour road, does his promises still stand? Yeah, his promises stand everlasting. The more I seek the father, the more I get hit with trials I preserve, then become defeated. You're going through growing pains, my friend. Um, sometimes we think we went the wrong way, but we went the right way. Sometimes God knows how to recalibrate. The GPS is God's positioning system, His Holy Spirit. And sometimes when you make a wrong turn, as long as you make a wrong turn in grace, because when you're under the grace of God, what I mean by that, you're not in an abusive, you don't, you're not in an abusive, you you're not abusing his grace. You're you're engulfing in His grace. What I mean by that is, the Bible says, "Shall we continue in a grace abounds, God forbid." So, what I mean by that, if you make a wrong turn genuinely and, and you're really after God's heart, He'll recalibrate you and get you right. But if you get into pride, then you start bumping up against that grace. Then God's gonna let you do what you now. He'll have grace for your salvation, but you'll but you'll miss opportunities, whatever. But if you genuinely are pursuing God, but made a wrong turn, He'll recalibrate you. But if you get into pride, you're on your own, my friend. So keep staying with it. You're going through growing pains, you're gonna be all right, you're gonna make it. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna survive it. don't 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 beat yourself up about it. Um, and know that this is part of the pruning price. So what I want you to do is I want you to read. I forgot. I don't know if it's Luke or John, but look up the vine and branch story. You I'm the vine. You are my branches. Uh, if you want to bear more fruit of me, I, I prune that branch, study that and let that sink well in your, in your soul. God bless you too. Uh, what to do when you feel you're being punished by God? Um, God doesn't punish. He chastens. See punishment means torture. Punishment means, um, um, uh, I punish. See, God doesn't punish his children because he punished Jesus. You see what I'm saying? He punished Jesus. Uh, uh, for our sins. So when it comes to that angle or perspective of God, he doesn't punish as in, as in I'm going to put a cancer on you. I'm going to put sickness on you. I'm going to teach you a lesson. No, he teaches you a lesson through his goodness. The Bible says the goodness of God that draws us to repentance, but he does chasten those whom he loves. And what chastening means that he corrects, that he rebukes, that he uh, um, 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 uh, uh, helps you to live better. That doesn't mean he puts cancer or bad things. It just means that he says, you know what? That's wrong. He convicts you. He um he he delays. He 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 prunes. Pruning means he strips you from your eyes. So God does deep rooted stuff that feels like punishment, but no, it's just pruning. But God doesn't punish in the light of put cancer on her to teach her a lesson. Uh uh beat her down, beat him down to teach him a lesson. Now he just says, you know what? First off, your own sins punish you, so God don't even have to punish you. So if you're living a life that's pursuing anything outside of Him, you punish yourself. So God doesn't have to punish anymore. Well, He doesn't have to punish because sin punishes us, and He He utilizes those things to naturally have their course and utilize that for your good to draw you back to Him. But He doesn't Himself <clears throat> beat you. Uh, he just chastens you. He he convicts, he restores, he and how does chastening looks? He just keeps things awake, he delays things, he um, he um he allows the fruit of your sins through your pride to have their course and to put you in a place at like the prodigal son where you realize it is better at your father's house. He utilized those different methods, um, but he doesn't put things on you for punishment. Got to go, guys. I've been going 48 minutes. I love y'all. Hope this live q has been a blessing. Uh, make sure you hit the notification button, p- uh, subscription subscribe button, so that you'll be able to get your questions answered next time. I love y'all. Hit the like button. Get Share this video if you feel like, hey, man, it's been a blessing. Share with people. Um, books and resources on my website, imunplugged.com, first being The Purpose of Singleness. This book is a book on for all singles who desire to be whole. And not full of holes. We have a course going on right now. We'll be in week eight this week, talking about identity issues. And um, so, join the course at lifework.teachable.com. It's free. Um, um, I'll be live every Thursday at seven thirty Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. It'll also repost, so you'll be able to watch it at your own leisure. Um, But all of the um, worksheets and stuff will be on my website, lifework.teachable.com. Download all that stuff. You'll be the syllabus on there as well. It's not too late to join um this book spiritual warfare World war means a book I wrote it's a good resource there uh book on soul ties and strongholds the purpose of freedom how to untie soul ta- soul ties and new strongholds almost says well dating prep is a good book come, it has a card game it doesn't come with it you got to buy it, uh separately um but it's a card game to help you date yourself and to uh potentially ask the right questions to either end the wrong relationship or to uh, uh, sustain the right relationship. My um, book for kids, as he says, as for students I serve, is a, is a book. That's my cartoon character right there. Um, book for kids, pro- proverbial points to help kids connect to their purpose. Um, but all those resources on my website, um, you can give to our mentoring program this is their curriculum. So we'll start actually in March because me and my wife had some things to do this month. We weren't able to start the program. We'll start it in March. So if you want to support that, you can do it on our website. And if you just want to support whatever I do, all the ways to support and to get more resources and tools on my website, IamUnplugged.com. If you need one-on-one coaching, go there too. I would love to serve you. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time and peace.